You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen along with... Wayne Sanders. <laughs> we are having a very, I think, a meaningful morning it's, here It's today. tremendous. It's yeah. tremendous. The, the consistency of the stories and, and, again, as I put myself in the audience, I'm learning some things from, um, from our interviews. Uh, so... Tremendous, tremendous. You know, I think one of the themes, a word that's coming to mind, is these tender things in our life. The end of end of life, and and um, there's there's in in that moment when you're in the doctor's office and and you're you're very vulnerable. And our next guest, Ben Hilden, um, also has a story uh, that's very tender in a time where I think probably we're going to find out about how God works in in difficult moments. So, uh, Ben, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's fun to, to share my story, you know, just on on the radio or speaking. So, I mean, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, I guess we'll just kind of jump in, and we're, we're just going to kind of sit back right now, Wayne and I, and listen and hear about what happened on a certain day in uh, April 6, 2014. Um, let us, tell us a little bit about what happened, and um, we'll just listen to hear God, how hear how God worked in that situation. Yeah, yeah. So that day was just a normal day. Um, I was going into back therapy in my hometown of Park River, which is in North Dakota. Um, and I would take this old back uh, gravel road that usually nobody ever takes. Um, I guess the only time it's ever taken is during during harvest and during during planting season. And, you know, obviously in April there, there's, you know, like, I mean, neither of them going on. So I took that road so I was late, and um, I <clears throat> I lost control of my car, and I flipped it numerous times into, into a field, and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. So I was ejected from the passenger door and went face first into the field. And that was, you know, when, when you're going through life, you know, as a little kid and I'm growing up, you just don't think about things like that. You don't ever think they're ever going to happen to you because you just think they're going to happen to somebody else. You'll, you'll see on the news, you'll see a story, but you just don't think it's going to happen to you. And then all of a sudden, in a few seconds, your life is completely different. And I was an athlete. Uh, that was my life. I wanted to play college basketball. And then as my face made impact, it was like every Every dream, um, every plan that I had in life completely shattered along with my entire body. Um, it was kind of a full circle where it was physical, emotional, spiritual, everything was gone in a split second. And I laid there in the field, and the first, that was the first biggest miracle for me anyway, personally, was that as I was laying there, um, realizing that I'm going to die because I know where I'm at. I know that no one drives down this road, and um, especially during that time of year, nobody does. I mean, there's, there's 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 still snow, you know, a little bit of snow and ice on the road. No one drives down that road, and so uh, you know, it was it, it was it was Good Friday. There's no school, um, and I just kind of accepted that I'm going to die because I was suffocating. Um, I had bit through my, my tongue, and I was swallowing the blood 
and the blood was going into my lungs instead of my my stomach, and so I was I was suffocating, and I started, you know how you see in those movies where when someone's close to death, they kind of relive their life in their head in their mind, and that was kind of what happened, honestly, where I just kind of relived my entire life, my mistakes, the good times, especially when I was a little kid where I love, you know, we're we're free when we're little kids and there's no stress or anything and just reliving everything and, you know, at that time in my life, me and my parents didn't get along very well because I was so into sports and I grew up on a dairy farm near Park River, so I'd always have to work on the farm and it made me, you know, it, it, it just brought a lot of disputes, a lot of fights between us. I just want to jump in here and say, because I don't know if you said it before, but you were 16. So kind of just to kind of get a sense of where you were at in your life. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so laying there crawling, um, thinking that no one's going to find me, I I began crawling on my back, hoping to get to my my parents. You know, I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm like like half a mile from home. I'm not going to get to them. But amazingly... The, I was found. I was found by two nice people um, that came down that road that day. That that uh, ended up finding me. And those two people that ended up finding me were the two people that I was crawling to. My my parents. <sighs> that day, my my parents. Oh man, yeah. It's even like thinking back to this. It's it, you know, it's uh, my parents. They. They were going to park over that day for for an appointment that was rescheduled three times that day at that very time. And they don't ever take that road. And that's why I say this is the greatest miracle because how things worked out, how things, you know, my, my dad still to this day does not remember actually turning that way because usually you take, always take a different road. He would never take that road ever in, in the town. And he doesn't remember turning that way but they just, him and my mom ended up going past by accident and they saw my arm go up in the field as they were about to drive by and they ran out obviously found me, my mom looked at me, but she didn't know it was me because my face was so distorted so full of mud and and and, and blood that she couldn't recognize me and then she went over and got a, it on this this coat, and she real she she felt it, and she's like, "Oh my God, this is Kenny's coat, my dad's coat. Oh. Why, why would this coat be out in the field with this stranger, this this boy that we don't know?" And um, she put the coat on me, and looked down, saw my feet, and then right then and there, it hit her that this was me, Ben, her son, in front of her, and that was, you know, that was a moment. And another one of those moments where life changed forever, you know, mm. where they found me and God led them to find me. And just so happened, the two people that I wanted to get to to say goodbye, say I'm sorry that I loved them before I died, they're the ones that were there that called, you know, 911. And, yeah, that was that was how it all started. As many, many, many more things to go, but, yeah, that was how it started. We're talking with Ben Hilden. He's sharing about a, a tragic, almost near tragic accident that he experienced on April 16th, 2014, when he was 16 years old. He's telling us 
now about how his parents found him and as a mother and as a mother who just experienced a an accident with my own son a week ago on uh, the feast of St. Nicholas, um, I'm thinking about your mom. <laughs> I don't know if she ended up helping write the story or had a had her perspective involved. I'm sure, you know, she had to share some of that. I'm I'm wondering how she made it through that next hour. Do, do you do you happen to know? I'm. Uh, um. So well, and 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 uh, and one thing too, my accident actually happened. Uh, on April 6, 2007. Oh, okay. Uh, we had that. I, I wrote my book on 2014. Okay, okay. So, thank you. Um, but yeah, no, um, so my mom is a very, very faithful woman. Um, she she honestly just leans on prayer. I mean, that that is straightforward, simply how she made it through her and my dad. I mean, it was just prayer to... My mom never... I'm praying that God would save me. I know I had many, many people praying for me, and it was, you know, it was a really bad accident. I had uh, a ton of injuries, you know, from my head to my to my toes, you know, with different things that were wrong with me. And I was supposed to die from all the injuries, but for my mom, she just got through it uh, through her with her her faith. I mean, her faith in God that 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 He would save me, and if He didn't. If if I did die, that I would, you know, be going to eternal life anyway, and and so for her, she just leans on her faith and always has. I mean, she's been the greatest the greatest example in my life of someone living by faith, and so that was how she got through it. You know, my mom and dad. You know, when they first realized it was me, obviously as parents, I'm not I'm not a parent, but. Um, they just began to cry and pray that God would save me, and so um, that was that was how my mom got through it, you know. And my dad also. It was just uh, like just a testimony of of faith in that aspect too. You know, Ben, as I as I listened to you talk, uh, you talked about uh, before the accident where you were your dad and mom are dairy farmers know full well what that takes, and then you're an athlete. You couldn't be at more opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, after this accident, uh, your faith, I, I believe, sounds like it's strong now. That had a massive impact on your faith. Would you Would you agree with that? Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. You know, it it, it wasn't. You know, there were there's so much more to the story as far as many more miracles that happened medically in the hospital and many more close close calls and things of that nature but yeah it was it's been it's been a journey as in it didn't happen in, immediately but it was a god's been you know um just carving me out you know where he would he's making me into somebody new every single day you know helping me and grooming me to be a person that he wants me to be to do what I'm doing now is speaking, sharing my story, writing the book, you know, inspiring me in ways I could never, you know, I couldn't do before. And so, yeah, my faith has grown very, very steadily through all the years into what it is now. 
Well, we're going to take a little break here, Ben, and, and, and take a breather. But when we get back um, on the other side of the break, we, we want to continue with that faith piece and, and maybe some of the recovery. Uh, I'm very curious, like, how, how that faith trajectory and, and how God reached your heart um, after you kind of were in a place of healing. So we will be back with Ben Hilden talking about an accident that changed his life forever after this break. So stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hey, this is Father Brandon Moravitz from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota, and the Diocese of Duluth. We are incredibly blessed here on the Iron Range uh, to have Real Presence Radio. And in my life as a priest, we're always looking for ways in which we can get the message of Jesus Christ and the gift of our Catholic faith out into the world. And Real Presence Radio is one of those tools in our community that continues to teach and educate and inspire hearts and minds to be led to the Lord, to the cross, to the tomb, and most importantly, to the altar. I am so grateful for all that Real Presence Radio does to build up the kingdom of God in our local area. If you are able, please, please consider financially supporting the mission of Real Presence Radio during this live drive. Everything you can do for Real Presence Radio is a way in which we can build up the kingdom of God. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God would give you a generous heart. And I invite you to respond in great generosity to support the gift of Real Presence Radio during this year's live drive. God bless. During this year-end season of giving, Real Presence Radio wishes to extend a heartfelt thanks to all that have extended support this past year, including those that have contributed to the Real Presence Radio Permanent Endowment Fund. These funds remain permanent while the annual earnings are used to support operations. To learn more about an endowment gift, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement at 701-290-4503. Together, we are making a difference. Real Presence Radio is available on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, Okay, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, Play Sioux Falls, or Play AM 970, or Play WWEN. From there, you can use words like Play, Pause, and Stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Google Assistant devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen with Wayne Sanders this morning. And we're taking some looks at some difficult things here, um, listening to Ben Hilden tell about an accident that he had in April of 2007. And I guess my thought is sometimes God is very loud in his, in his love for us and his mercy for us and, and to awaken us to, to the life that, that he truly has planned for us. And I, and I think it's hard for a teenage boy to, to understand that and to grasp that, you know, the brain isn't completely formed. Um, so I'm curious Ben, after after you were found in that field by your by your dear parents who loved you so much, uh, what happened next, and how did God 
work his way into your heart through that incident? So after that, you know, I was brought to Ultra Hospital in Grand Forks. My injuries going in there were I had a completely shattered face. My I had a, a traumatic brain injury. My nose broke into nine pieces. My palate broke in half. Um, my lungs, pancreas, small intestines, liver, and lungs were all bruised and bleeding. And the artery in my right leg was crushed. And I'd broken six ribs. So at that point, you know, I was supposed to die just from the, the injuries of themselves. Um, and I was, and if I did live, I was supposed to lose my right leg. I was supposed to part my organs. I was supposed to have brain damage. So I'd be mentally changed for the rest of my life. And, you know, these are the things in the hospital, the doctors that I was, I read the doctor's notes. I've talked to the doctors, um, I've done interviews with them. Uh, and this is what, what I have been told is that when they opened me up to, to cut out, you know, parts of my organs that were damaged, they found organs that had, that had healed so fast to the point where they didn't you know, have to cut out anything. And it was to them, it was a, a pure miracle where they didn't understand how they had healed that fast. And so that was the first, the first and the doctors were just kind of baffled as to how that happened. And secondly, though, my, during surgery, though, or after surgery, I should say, the doctors forgot to take away all the air from around my lungs. And then my lungs then on, on collapsed and I died. Um, well, I, you know, I stopped breathing for about five minutes. They said I was, I was essentially gone for about five minutes. And um, after the five minutes, they found a lung specialist. And he came and he told them to put in, in chest tubes. So they did. And I, I came back to life. And I was breathing all by machine, but I was still alive. The unfortunate part, though, this is where the doctors have told me this is the greatest miracle that they, of this entire, medically speaking, of in, in the hospital, is that after my lungs collapsing, they said my lungs would have to swell up. And so I was supposed to die by at least Easter. My accident was on Good Friday. Supposed to die by at least Easter. But during those next three days I would die because my lungs would swell up they said and they would crush themselves and I would suffocate and I would die but during those next three days uh, to their surprise my lungs somehow never swelled up and they still don't understand it's not really possible they said how you know just naturally things swell up after they you know something like that happens and they never did and I kept going, kept going, kept getting stronger and stronger. And by the next week, I was out of the ICU into room 302 and came out of my coma in about six days. And that was kind of like you're talking about my journey of faith, you know, from all of that. When I woke up and I, my, my parents told me that they had found me and all this had happened, you know, you're shocked. You're just like, you don't know where you're at. I mean, coming out of the coma was slow. You know, so I didn't know what was happening, where I was, why all these tubes were in me. I had tons and tons of cords inside my body. And it, it, was, it was scary, definitely scary, and you just don't know what's happening. And then you realize that you're in a car accident and your life is now completely different. You can't, you, you know, at that point, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't eat. My entire, everything was broken, my face, so I couldn't. 
open up my mouth. Um, and so it was just, it was insane. And um, at first, when my parents told me about it, they had found me. I knew, even at that moment, coming out of it, I'm like, something's up. There's just no way that you're just going to find me on, and you're going to take that road at that moment. I mean, if they don't find me for another mm-hmm. 10 minutes, I die. There is no, there's, there's no way because I, I would suffocated and I would have died, and I would just have been left there because no one drives down that road. And so, right away, I just said, "Something's up. That is, that is weird. How could you go down that road right when you needed to, and you found me laying there in the field? You know, and, and of all people, the people that I'm crawling to." are the people that came to find me, and they didn't even know it was in an accident. And so it was just, to me, it was, it, was, it was crazy. My faith, you know, at that point when I was 16, there were things in my life that had happened to me. Um, I would say my grandparents passing away was a big thing that, that really tested my faith before my accident. That was really tough. Um, being angry about, you know, working on the farm and... Honestly, just trying to fit in. I mean, you're you're a teenager. I was a teenager. I was an athlete. You just get stuck in what the world is telling you is important, and you just kind of put God on the on, on the on the back burner. And you just don't realize when you're a little kid. When I was a little kid, I had such a strong faith in Christ. I, I was it was so strong. But at that point, you don't have all those temptations, those pressures of life yet. You don't have sports weighing you down, putting pressure on you every single day to succeed and play and to, you know, just to try to fit in in life, try to wear the right clothes, say the right things, you know, be the coolest guy in school. You know, all those things just aren't there yet when you're about five years old or six years old. And so as I got older, it just, you know, my face got weaker and weaker. And then as I came out of my coma and realized what had happened, that was when my faith began to go the right direction again. And so it was slow. It was a progression. Um, at first, for me, I wanted to come back and play basketball. I wanted to be normal. That was all that mattered to me because that was where I was. My identity at that point, Phil, was sports, was, was basketball, just being an athlete. And But there are so many things in the next few years that I'll kind of put into a nutshell that went wrong that helped me realize that sports isn't everything. Sports is something. It's a part of life, but God should be your life first, and sports just a part of that. And so for me, I tried coming back, and the first year I came back, I did come back. The, the, the very next year I came back, and I was playing basketball. I was going to school normally. I, I had God helped me overcome all of my injuries through all the, the rehab, the therapy, everything. I got my body back into shape, which I was told was impossible <laughs> to do that in six months. But I just, I had this, this belief that I would come back and I'd play and I would be normal again. And I, and I was, at a certain point, I was normal. I was playing basketball, I was going to school, I was getting good grades again. My, my brain injury wasn't affecting me like they said it, that it, it um, I would be. And then I got a concussion in basketball. I got elbowed in the nose twice. Um, at first, we didn't know what it was, but then later on, 
Um, we found out after I went through a severe depression from it. Um, I went backward. I lost. I had lost forty pounds in the hospital during my after my accident. I had um, put on thirty pounds, and during this time, during my concussion, I lost everything that I'd worked for. Every single thing. I um, my body began to shut down, and I got to a point mentally where I didn't want to live anymore, and I was <laughs> contemplating suicide. So. Um, I just didn't understand why I was alive. You know, you go through times like that where, you know, I'd work back, myself back, to be this person again, and then it was all taken away. All in about two weeks, it was gone again. And so um, I went to a psych ward at Ultra Hospital. What's really woke me up as to how did I get here? Why am I, like, I can't believe that this is where my life has led me to. And so that woke me up big time as to, again, the inspiration again to not let myself think like this. And so I came back again the very next year, and I was playing basketball again. Things were great. Then I had a pain in my arm that wouldn't go away. found out it was the worst case of, of tendonitis before surgery. So I took one month off from basketball, came back. My very next game back after that 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 month, I got elbowed in the temple, the left temple, knocked out immediately, rushed out to the hospital, had a back concussion, my season was over, I was a square one again, didn't know, I just couldn't figure out what is happening, my mom would be telling me that God has a plan for you, Ben, God has a plan for you, and I just didn't understand what was happening, but that's, that's life, is that we all get knocked down, and so... I got back up again, and I came back the very next year. I got hit in the head a tiny bit during a scrimmage before the season started, and that was when it hit me. Sports isn't worth it. I love sports, but it's just not worth it. If I got one more concussion, I could be damaged mentally for the rest of my life, and it's just not worth it. And that was when my life really started, my faith began to really take off and go in the right direction, realizing finally... It was like I was free. I was free of this idol. I this idol of sports, and I, I found Christ. Like truly, it was like I had breathing fresh air, and like I don't have to have sports. I'm Ben Hilden. I am a. I have an identity in God, and that's what's truly important. And that's where everything changed. Ben, I'm going to jump in. I know there's so much, and this kind of story could we could do part A, B, and C, but I want to quickly um, mention your website, uh, benhilden, B-E-N-H-Y-L-D-E-N.com. That's where you can find information about his book, where he tells the whole story, and also about, again, his faith and how it increased. And he's also available for speaking. So if you would like to hear more of the story in person, Ben would be happy to, to find his way to you. And wow, I mean, this is just, God is good. And, and he obviously wanted you to live. So Ben, thank you so much for your time today. I wish we had more time, but we um, are gonna let you go and hopefully people can find their way to you to hear more of the story. But God bless you and uh, take care out there, everyone. And in these times with uh, icy roads and such. God bless you, Ben. Thank well, you for your having me, guys. You bet. Thank you for your time this morning and uh, greet your parents for us. Well, I will. I will. Thanks, guys. 
God bless you. Take care. And we'll be back with more Real Presence Live. We have one more segment with Brad Pirone, so don't go away. We want to hear about Damascus Missionary Program after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 